Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and best practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome to an exciting new podcast series sponsored by Deloitte, the Kinetic Enterprise built to evolve. Let's see what the buzz is today. Well, I have a quote that was written in 2019 and an article by Anthony Stefan and Amelia Dunlop. Amelia happens to be one of our panelists today. Listen up. We don't wake up in the morning as customers, and there are quotes around that. We don't pour that delightful first cup of life-giving coffee and think, I am the end user of this coffee. So why does the business world insist on grouping and trying to understand people as customers when before anything else, we are human. That's our topic for today. Yes, we are all human, but today's rapid pace of technological change means customers can often feel disconnected from a meaningful experience when engaging with businesses. That's the problem. The time has come to elevate the human experience and the benefits to businesses could be substantial. Let me give you an example. Customers that companies that focus on the human experience are two times as likely to outperform their peers in revenue growth. Let me say that again. Two times as likely to outperform their peers in revenue growth over a three-year period, according to Deloitte Digital. We're going to unpack this topic, and it's really, really, really important because everybody today is talking about customer experience, customer experience, customer experience, but not so lots being said about human. We have a panel of three Deloitte professionals who not only believe in elevating the human experience, they've worked with clients to deliver results through a human-first approach that includes customers, employees, and partners. So again, welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise Built to Evolve. I'm producer and host Bonnie D. Graham, happy to be here, and let me have my three panelists introduce themselves now. First up, Amelia Dunlop. Amelia, welcome, and please tell us what you do at Deloitte. Well, thanks for having me, Bonnie. Um, I am the uh, Chief Experience Officer for Deloitte Digital, and I also look after our strategy, design, and innovation team here in the U.S. And when I'm not serving our our big clients, I look after three little clients, uh, ages uh, 13, 11, and 9. Thanks for having me. (laughs) <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Next panelist, Kashif Ramatula. Kashif, welcome, and why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, hi, Bonnie. It's uh, good to connect with you again. Uh, thank you. I am a principal within uh, Deloitte Digital, and I focus on helping transform our large clients' customer experience. Uh, that includes uh, their front office, uh, as well as their back office, and connecting and integrating the solution to uh, to basically create a connecting enterprise uh, for our customers, where they can leverage the data, the, the information to collect on their on their customers uh, to serve them better. Happy to be here. Thank you very much. You and I were on a Game Changer show last year for SAP, and thank you for coming back, Kashyap. Tim Grulick. Tim, welcome, and tell us who you are, please. Yeah, thank you, Bonnie. This is uh, Tim Grulick. I run our experience management practice for Deloitte, and what that means is, is I just get up every day, um, to help our customers understand how to take you know, primary customer feedback that their customers give to them and really internalize that and operationalize that to create a, a different human experience, whether it be an employee experience, a customer experience, or a partner experience. Very nice to have you on. Thank you, Tim. And this is the part of the show, after I have my panelists introduce themselves, I've asked each of these experts on our topic today, human experience, customer experience, and I know our listeners are going to learn a lot because not a lot of people are talking about this topic in business. I've asked them each to send me a quote from a famous person, a movie, a book, a song that has nothing to do with the topic, and now I'm going to invite each of them to explain how the quote makes them think about our topic or tells a story about our topic. So Amelia has sent us a beautiful quote from Maya Angelou, Maya Angelou, 1928 to 2014, an American poet, singer, memoirist, and civil rights activist. She only had seven autobiographies. She only had three books of essays, only many books of poetry, and she is credited with plays, movies, and TV shows spanning 50 years. And here is the quote Amelia has selected. People will forget what you said. 
People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Amelia, I always love to hear this quote. It's beautiful. Tell us, how does this relate to our our wonderful topic today? Well, just hearing the words from Maya Angelou always makes me smile. Um, I think of what we say and what we do as the customer experience or the workforce experience or the partner experience, Mm -hmm. but how you make people feel and connecting to their values is the human experience. And when we talk about that human experience, how you feel, is, is, the, is the emotion coming into that, Amelia, the feeling, the sense of mattering as a person and not just a number or a, a customer account? Let's take this a little farther. Sure. I mean, it's a, exactly that, Bonnie. It's, um, it's getting beyond the, the, the personnel number or the customer transaction order or the chat bot. It's the idea that it's more than just the transaction that matters. It's the, um, the purpose behind that transaction. Uh, it is how you make people feel. So there's a lot of research we can we can talk about around emotions mm-hmm. and how we make a lot of decisions based on emotions, and then tapping into what we value. And here's another quote for you that I love. It's Brene Brown's. Uh, we want to feel um, uh, seen, valued, and heard. Um, and mm-hmm. it's all about that connection, uh, connectedness to an organization, connected to to another human being. Very well put. I, th- I think everybody, Amelia, can relate to that in terms of if anybody still goes to brick-and-mortar stores, Amelia, and has to deal with a, an in-person personal experience, right, in a mall or a store, instead of just ordering everything online, you want to be treated like a person. You want to be greeted, and you want to be asked even, hello, how are you today, and just treated like a person rather than a rushed experience. So I'm really glad we opened the show with your quote, Amelia. Brilliant choice. Thank you. We have so much more to learn from you. And now let's go to Akasha from Tula Kashif has sent us a quote, another famous quote. Kashif, there are so many attributions to who really said this that there's an entire page on Quote Investigator, which I use almost religiously. The quote is, the best way to predict the future is to create it. And it's been attributed to Abraham Lincoln, who never said it. But the most popular attributions are Peter Drucker, who was an Austrian-born American management consultant educator and author, known as the father of management by objectives, the founder of modern management, Stephen Lisberger, the director of the film Tron back in 1982. So, we, And Atari ran this in, a, in an ad in InfoWorld in 1982. So let's just go with the quote, and how does it relate to our topic today, Kashif, please? Yeah, I, I think about that uh, in a couple of ways. One, more from a organizational standpoint, how you look at... Um, technology and how you look at the, the world we're living in today, such a connected world. Um, it's really important for, for, for organizations to be thinking, you know, several years ahead uh, and really creating that future um, in which they're going to be successful. You know, there's a lot of discussion around disruption and how companies like Uber and Airbnb have created a disruption in the marketplace because they were thinking ahead. Uh, they were thinking on how to solve a problem that every day person was was dealing with, and they found ways to solve for it, and and they've been extremely successful at what they're doing. So, from an organization standpoint, if you're in a leadership position, you've got to be thinking ahead, and you've got to really create that future uh, for yourself. Uh, the other aspect or angle that I think about is uh, is more from a from a customer standpoint, from a from an individual who is out there. Uh, you know, fulfilling their needs, whatever they may be. And as an organization, as, as somebody who's providing services or products, are you really thinking about what I need? And are you really taking the input that I'm already giving you as a consumer by interacting with you and, and, and predicting what I might need in the future, right? Uh, and, and really proactively offering me a, a, a relevant, personalized offer. Uh, so, so there's a couple of angles that I think uh, this, this quote is applicable in today's world. Thank you. I like the quote because it basically says to us as humans, Kashif, we can do something about it, right? We're in control. Just don't predict it. By talking about it, create it. And I think that's why we've seen right. so many new companies come into being in the, in the past, what, five or ten years. So many companies in this digital age that services we've never even thought of because people were saying, 
it's not what we have isn't good enough for me. It's not solving my needs or my company's needs. Let's just create something new. So I love the quote. Thank you, Kashif. And Tim is waiting patiently. Tim Grulick has sent us a quote from somebody. I didn't know who he was, Tim. It's a quote from Tim Corbett. We've got Tim quoting Tim. Tim Corbett is a young man born in 1961. I'm allowed to say he's young, Tim. He's the head baseball coach, <laughs> the head baseball coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores baseball team. And what's important about him is he transformed them from what was called a perennial Southeastern Conference doormat to an elite program. When he got there in 2003, Vanderbilt only had six winning seasons, and they and until since baseball became a scholarship sport in 1968, and had only been to the NCAA tournament three times in school history. However, they've been to all but one NCAA tournament since 2004. So Tim Corbin rocks as a baseball coach. Here's the quote. Rules are for people who can't follow directions. Standards are for people that aspire to be great. What a quote. Tim Grulick, talk to me. What does this mean to our topic today? Well, Bonnie, I'm impressed with the, the research there on, <laughs> on Tim Corbin. But, um, yeah, I'm a huge baseball fan, so that's where that quote came from. But I think when, when you think about customer experience and the human experience or, or our mantra of Deloitte of elevating the human experience, when people start thinking about experience, the first thing that they go to is a score or a metric or a set of rules that they try to meet. That's not really about elevating an experience or creating a customer experience or elevating a human experience. When I think about the human experience and what we're doing as a firm is we're trying to set help organizations, like Amelia said, set standards, set a mm-hmm. purpose for what that experience should be, what that experience could be for your customers, your employees, and your partners. And then give you the guidelines, the capabilities, and the tools to really do it at scale and empower your customers to do it. So I think when I think about how it relates to this topic, it's, it, when we talk about human experience, we're talking about a set of standards, a set of things that we want to work towards to elevate and create that new uh, human experience. Thank you. And and what I'm picking up from all three of you that's so important is you're not just talking about the customer as the human. You've mentioned, a couple of you mentioned Partners, you've mentioned employees. This is for all people involved with the company. I think that's the important takeaway here. That's one of many important takeaways. Now, my panelists, this is to my audience, I'm addressing you. My panelists have sent me some interesting conversation points, discussion statements. I'm going to use those to spark a roundtable conversation and see where this takes us. So, Amelia Dunlop, you're first. And let me just read uh, the first one here. We already mentioned there are many measures of customer experience, as I said in the opening. We don't wake up each morning and say, hello, I'm a customer. We are humans first. So Amelia says, this is why we created a new equation, the human experience quotient to measure growth. Let me stop there. Amelia, why don't you take us through what this equation is, who created it, why is it important, and then we will see what Kashif has to add to this, and then Tim. So go ahead, Amelia. So as we um, embarked on this aspiration uh, within Deloitte Digital to, to elevate the human experience, we started looking for you know, exactly what Tim was talking about earlier, ways to prove it, ways to measure it, to ways to know whether or not you were uh, doing better today than you were yesterday. And that's when we realized there's a lot of measures out there for customer experience, and there's a lot of measures out there for employee or workforce experience. Not quite so much for partner. That's one of those mm-hmm. uh, newer areas. But we realized that there was less uh, that was com- that was combining the three perspectives together, and none um, that took the, the, the perspective of moving beyond the transaction to the emotion or the value, um, mm-hmm. which we, in, in this equation, we call the kind of the exponent H. So, Bonnie, the way we think about it is that the, the new equation for growth is all about the customer experience plus the workforce experience plus a partner experience elevated to the exponent H. And H is simply what we value as humans. Um, and we have developed um, a tool to be able to measure that, but we can talk a little bit more about that um, later. I like that. I, I have a question for you, Amelia, before I move on. And, and we, didn't, we didn't talk about this before the show, but we're all wondering about the value of AI algorithms today. And we know we get on a phone for customer service and we don't know if it's a human anymore, if it's a bot, right? A well-trained, well-mannered, well-articulated, well-positioned, well-programmed well, well uh, bot will sound like a human and they'll, they'll pick up on nuances of us. So my question is, this human experience, what you mentioned, the power of H, the exponent of H, human values, are those being built into algorithms too? I'm, I know I'm taking us off track a little, but I'd love to know. Not, not at all. I'm, um, so the way, I, the way I think about that is 
when we think about aspirate, um, elevating the human experience, we would absolutely hope that human to human, right, that we mm-hmm. would uh, go that extra mile. Um, you know, I think often about it, it's the, it's the power of a smile to kind of, uh, from a stranger mm-hmm. to kind of change the arc of your day. So it, it is absolutely about what we can do as humans uh, to sort of change the outcome of, of an interaction or how it makes you feel. But absolutely, our AI has a role to play um, and in helping us be more human at scale. So the possibility... It used to be that you could go to the town square and you could uh, bump into or kind of conduct your business uh, with pretty much everybody in your local community. Now, with technology and the power of AI, we have that ability at scale. So as we build out our AI, as we build out all the things that um, that we're using in our technology platforms, I would absolutely hope that we were building in things that are more human, more emotionally resonant uh, to mm-hmm. help us be more human at scale. Amelia, you just said something that is so quotable, I wrote it down. I'm so, I have to tell you, you said, I believe you said, the power of a smile to change the arc of a day. I got goosebumps. That is such a beautiful <laughs> human thing to say. I don't know how Tim and Kasha feel, but you, you, you have tears in my eyes right now. That is such a, a beautiful way of putting all of this. I think you encapsulated the whole topic in that one sentence. So I, I applaud you. It was lovely, really lovely. And now before I get all, all emotional, before I get too human, let me just say, uh, Kashif, we'd love to have you chime in on what I've been discussing with Amelia. What are your thoughts about this human experience quotient? Where, how does that fit into what you do or what you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, completely, you know, agree and believe in this in this notion, right? And, and you know, what I do on a day-to-day basis is, you know, is speak with, with our clients, with our customers who are in the business of servicing their customers creating products or providing services to them to start bringing this to the forefront of mm-hmm. what they do, right? Um, and and there's you know people, process, and technology aspects to all of that, um, and that's really uh, why we believe the kinetic enterprise, an enterprise that's that's clean, that's intelligent, that's inclusive, that's responsive, uh, you know, takes into account all aspects. Of, of this, this, this human experience and making sure that their customers, their employees, and their partners are all aligned to this, this notion and this aspiration of elevating the human experience. It is our aspiration to do so in our business, but we're also on a regular basis talking to customers about how they can enable their businesses to elevate the human experience that they're delivering to their customers. Um, so completely, uh, you know, uh, believe in it, and 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 uh, we are speaking with our clients on a daily basis to 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 bring this to limelight. Thank you very much. Very interesting, and and it, I like the fact that you're talking to your customers and telling them what you're doing because they need to know this. Tim Grulick, let's get you in on this. Thoughts about what what Amelia shared, the topic we started, and or what Kashif added. So where are you on all of this? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously in violent agreement with. With both of them, I, I think we all use it in our daily interactions with our our colleagues and with our, our customers and our clients. Um, I think what's, what Amelia mentioned around like to the H factor or the exponential of the H factor is that humanity is is complex, right? And the fact that she wove in customer, employee, partner into the equation mm-hmm. and then kind of magnified that by how you deal uh, or support those those groups in the work that I do, I'm primary helping organizations take primary customer feedback and translate that into something or operationalize that into a change of a behavior or a change of an experience for somebody. And the more that you dig into those insights, the more that you don't just see an insight from a customer, but you see how something that was supporting an employee, uh, you know, impacted that customer's experience. And then when you look back on how that employee was doing their job, you find out that something from maybe a partner ecosystem that enables them to do their job needed to be changed. And so, you know, if you're looking to kind of elevate everybody's experience and create a true human experience that's complex, you have to look at the complexity behind it, which is going to be customer, employee, and, and the partner. Thank you very much. Amelia, anything you want to add since we kicked off this topic, starting with you? Anything you want to add to the other two panelists, what they said? No, I mean, I think that the thing that I would want to add is all around how do we measure that H factor? And I can just, I can, I can imagine yeah. that's one of the next questions on your, on your lips, Bonnie. Um, well, why don't you, you, know, why don't so you uh, give us a little bit about measuring it since that was in your list? Because I'm, I'm going to move on to Kashif in a minute, but this is a good conversation. So, Amelia, how do you measure it? 
Well, so here's the thing. We, we kind of geeked out on it, to be honest. Um, and we, I, we talked about it as a team to say, okay, let's go, let's go do the kind of the PhD re- research on how human values have been measured, right? Whether or not, um, you know, it's in the U.S., outside the U.S., um, and in all different types of fields. Because the thing about our humanity, it's the beautiful thing is that every different field has a perspective on it, whether it's the arts, psychology, mythology, sciences, neuroscience. Um, and so we kind of did a wide-ranging look at all the different ways in which uh, humanity can be measured. Um, and we did a bit of a, um, a meta-analysis and came up with a tool that we call the, the Human Values Compass. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's super simple, Bonnie. It's uh, north and south is uh, the known versus the unknown, which is essentially it's an archetypical sense of the known where we value safety, security, um, and the things that are more in our control. The unknown is when we value uh, exploring entrepreneurship um, and some of those things kind of beyond the kind of the town square, so to speak. And then east versus west is me versus we. And me are those of us who value getting ahead, a um, a new challenge, a new accomplishment. And the we are those of us who value belonging, the family, the tribe, um, and that followership. And what we can see is that each one of us um, have preferences about those things which we value, uh, and they can be aligned to the different decisions we make every day as a customer, an employee, or a partner. I love it. This is this is really really good, really really good. Uh, who was on this geeked out team that worked on this? Can I ask any of the p- other people on the panel with you today, Amelia? Yes. Yeah, so we've had um, we've had a, a wide range of folks. Um, my, I, I led the team. You know, Tim and Kasha have definitely been um, part of our broader team, kind of helping us develop our perspective on on this research and how to bring it out into into our different clients. Um, but yeah, happy to talk more about it. Very interesting. Kashif, why don't you chime in on this equation? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it kind of, you know, while while the value compass is real simple in terms of, uh, in terms of what it looks at, uh, it also creates a complex uh, environment for our customers, uh, right? And, and when you, when you start looking at every individual, every individual kind of values what's important to them differently. So how do you, how do you serve them? How do you service them? How do you create loyalty with that individual? Um, Mm -hmm. and, and that, that can, that can become real complex. Uh, and, and that's really where, uh, you know, we believe uh, that, today's technology and how far the technology has come along can help, right? You talked about AI earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this wouldn't be, you know, some of this wouldn't be possible. The ability to serve this customer in the future won't be possible unless we make further progress on technologies like AI and machine learning and, and, and others. And therefore, I think it's important that, uh, you know, uh, there's more progress uh, on on those technologies and how we apply that technology because it's going to be become really important. Uh, you know, you you said you mentioned you're hearing customer experience everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. but does everybody really understand and know what that means, right? No. And and that's where we believe you know our uh, focus on this and our aspiration to elevate human experience is really important, and we feel. Uh, at Deloitte that we've made, uh, you know, we've made a lot of progress and we're ahead in many ways uh, in, in, in bringing this topic out and, and talking about it in, in, a, in a more open forum. Um, so I think the focus on this, uh, it, it, you know, needs to be there. I think organizations in the future to be successful have to spend time thinking about it and, and talking about it and really exploring uh, today's technologies to make it happen. I couldn't agree with you more, and this is a perfect forum here on the Kinetic Enterprise Built to Evolve presented by Deloitte. What a better place to get it out in the open, right, Kashif? Because people all over the world are going to be hearing you and Amelia and Tim talking about this, and me too, and they're going to say, what, really? Well, it's about time, and bravo for (laughs) Deloitte. I know they're going to say that. Tim, let me get you in on this. What do you think about the compass? Any thoughts? So the compass is, is it great. As Amelia said, they, they, they geeked out at it and came up with a very robust measurement system. But what I don't know if she mentioned or not is it's very simplistic in the results that it spits out. It spits out a very clean visual of where you can see um, kind of the gaps in between your customer your, or your workforce or your 
partner experience and really be able to understand where you need to dig deeper to, to focus your, your energies. So uh, the, the compass is a, is a great tool to, to get started with um, mm-hmm. and, and uh, provides a, a pretty clear roadmap for, for where to start once the results are in. Thank you. Uh, is, does this visual, does this graphic live somewhere? Is it a, in a PDF or a JPEG somewhere? Is it posted somewhere publicly? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually lives on a Deloitte Digital website on an article that uh, myself and a few of the co-authors wrote called uh, The Human Experience, Quantifying Human Values. So mm-hmm. if you Google any of those words after, after we're uh, on air today, um, you can find the values compass in that, in that article. Wonderful. Do me a favor. Send me the link. Email the link to me, please, and I'll put it in the promo that I send to you so when you promote the show, it'll be there with everything else, the link to the show and the link to the compass. That would be great. Uh, Thank you. This is very exciting. Kosh, if I'm looking at your notes, and I'm going to read the first statement you sent me just because it's a good lesson, I believe, for our listeners around the world, and then I'm going to move on to another statement. But just let me underscore what we've been talking about. You say, and I'm quoting Kosh from Atula, you say, businesses need to realize they are in the huge human experience business, listen up everybody, not in the business of selling hotel rooms, not in the business of selling shoes, but in the business of human experience. That's so, I like the way you encapsulated that, Kasha. If it really says a lot, we could go on and on, not in the business of selling fashion or selling or, uh, or renting bicycles in a big city. It's the human experience. Anything you want to add to that before I move on? Because I'm going down to another statement in your list, Kasha. Anything you want to add to that one? No, I mean, uh, well, all I would say is that I think the realization of that in the C-suite is important. And uh, it's about time that uh, there's a focus on on this aspect of the business. Uh, otherwise, they'll be left behind. Uh, and this, that's, what, that's what I believe in. And, uh, and I think that's important for the C-suite to understand. I think so. Funny sidebar here. I have a TV show I've produced and hosted for about 20 years, and I used to be on Long Island where I lived before I moved here to Durham. And I interviewed a gentleman who had a, a... We'll say a hair salon, but he evolved it into a spa. And there was a bridal salon where the brides could get done. And there was a men's barber shop with the barber pole. And there was a lunch counter where people could order salads. And there was a place where girls could take their friends for makeup parties. It was really big. It failed after a few years. But I, I interviewed him and I said, Arnie, what are you really selling to people? And he said, well, I'm selling hairdos and I'm selling hair color and I'm selling men's haircuts and beard trims and makeup. I said, no, you're not. I said, you're selling the opportunity for people to feel heard, to feel valued. You're selling self-esteem. You're selling the chance for somebody to have someone pay attention to them and give them the opportunity to feel new and fresh and maybe prettier or handsomer or just heard and valued in that moment. And you're selling a very human experience. Anybody want to comment on that? Was I right, Amelia? Absolutely. And we think about the way in which um, the focusing on the human experience uh, shifts every industry. Uh, so the one of the ones I like to think about is, you know, airlines are no longer in the transportation business. They're in yes. the connecting people business. Yes. Or banks are no longer in the financial services business. They're in the paying for life's most important moments. Um, and so you're exactly right. You're not, you're not a barber. You're in the making me look and feel great business. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I want to go back to Kashif because Kashif, that was a great jumping off point, but I want to go to your, your third statement you sent me. This is one I think we can really do well with around the table. You say, in the future, in order to deliver the best human experience, companies across industries will be forced to work with each other. I think that's an evolutionary and maybe even a somewhat revolutionary statement. Kashif, can you expand that for us, please? And then we'll see what Tim and Amelia have to say. Go ahead. Yeah, what I mean by that is um, today, you know, every individual organization within an industry kind of looks at themselves as uh, providing a service or, or a product, uh, but, but they seldom uh, look across to really satisfy a human need, right? I mean, think about uh, health and wealth management, right? They, these are two topics that um, pretty much are connected with each other. If you're, if you, if you have a health situation, you, you know, you need to either have insurance coverage or you need to have the money to be able to take care of yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. But seldom does the insurance industry or the health industry care providers come together with financial services industries to kind of bundle up solutions and bring 
uh, an end-to-end experience where both the health and wealth are are managed across under under a single umbrella. Right? Um, there are companies like that. There's industries like that. They're going to have to talk to each other. They're going to have to work with each other. Create an ecosystem to really deliver a experience that is uh, what humans need instead of looking at each individual as a customer and just customer of the service of the product that they purchase or they build or they, they provide. And I think that's, uh, it's, it's coming to light already. And I think it's going to be more and more prevalent in the future. And I think that, that organizations, as they look at uh, three to five years down the road, should be should start thinking about what are those parallels, what are those adjacent industries that they should be working with to really uh, enhance the experience of the individuals that they serve. Uh, could be pro- you know, could be products, could be services, mm-hmm. uh, could be a mix of both of those things. Um, and that's kind of where I feel uh, you know uh, organizations need to start looking at and strategically thinking through their future. Kashif, what's interesting is as as you're speaking about this, and I love the example of, of health and wealth management getting together, it's almost as though we're we're begging, you're begging or you're talking to leaders in these industries and saying, for goodness sake, would you just please be people? Would you be humans and would you talk to each other? Because your customers need you to talk to each other and need you to treat them like humans. Am I on the right track there, Kashif? Totally. Make it easy for them. Make it easy for the customers, right? That's Versus right. having to uh, you know, require them to figure this out on their own. Be people and think like people and treat your customers like people. Tim, I'd love to get you in on this because this is a, a – I love the example Kashif gave. Do you have another example or do you want to add to that, please? I love the example he gave, too. I wish I was smart enough to come up with that example but, <laughs> that he oh, had. Tim. But um, I, I, think it's, I think it's right on. I think it – and it dovetails with, like you, as Kasha is kind of giving out a mandate for organizations to, to think bigger and broader behind um, the products and services that they give and to think about people more human. I would take that a step further and say now, you know, organizations within themselves and, and at the working level, when you start getting insights from your customers, uh, a lot of times the first thing that we um, as individuals go to is how can I solve this problem? And we don't start thinking about it in a very human way as to what's driving the problem. And I think if we take a look at those insights from a different lens, um, leverage some human-centered design and look at it from a perspective of, you know, what is driving the problem, we may see, you know, complementary or tangential industries mm-hmm. or, or challenges that we may need to figure out how we incorporate them into our solution to really solve a human experience problem and create a better experience than just a customer experience Thank problem. you very much. <laughs> Amelia, join us. Thoughts, please. Well, I'm I'm sitting here smiling. Um, I love your enthusiasm, Bonnie, for the topic. I mean, I'm super passionate about it, as as are Tim and Kashif. And I think about the fact that I run a business, and many of the people who will be listening to this also run a business, mm-hmm. and we run our businesses by the numbers, right? And this this is up three percent, and that's down five percent, and what's driving that five percent? And it's hard to remember that some of the complexity of what we're doing is actually have have humans on the other end of it, whether it's humans as employees or or the customers or partners. And I do think that's why there's some value in reminding ourselves that it's not just about the numbers. Um, it's about the humans at the, at the core. And, and it's probably not one or the other. It's probably uh, about both. Um, and looking at what does it mean to kind of set that standard and, and set that measurement, but also appeal at a much more human level. Thank you very much. Yes, I am enthusiastic about it, Amelia, because we're talking about what's been missing in our experience, your experiences, right? And Kashif's and Tim's, we're all consumers. We're all people. We all have lives outside of what we do for work, for our professional lives, for our day jobs, as we used to call them. Now it's 24-hour jobs, I think. At least for me it is. And, and we want to feel like people. We want to be heard. And, and isn't that isn't that something we see in so many movies where somebody comes home from work at the end of the day and says, oh, God, I feel like such a number, and, and I wish somebody would just ask me, what do I think or how do I feel? And that's what we're all craving. I'm, I'm so, I'm surprised that a company as big as Deloitte, as, as important and powerful as Deloitte is taking the time to think about this. I'm just going to toss this on the table. Any of the three of you know where this idea started? Where did it, where did it catch fire, if you will, that you wanted to focus on human experience? I think it's a big surprise that you are, and it's very welcome, obviously. But Amelia, do you know where this whole concept started in Deloitte or Tim or Kashif? 
Yeah, I, I can share it. Um, yeah. So not that, about a year and a half ago, uh, we came together and brought um, a, all of the different parts of our business in Deloitte, who, who basically look after customers and, um, and to focus on marketing. And we asked, what do we all have in common, right? We had a very established customer experience practice. We had a very established digital experience practice. We had a very established sales Salesforce sales experience practice. And we sort of step back and say, well, what do we all have in common? And that's where our leader, and you uh, mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, Anthony Stefan, mm-hmm. started using the phrase, well, we need to elevate the human experience. Okay. And I will, I will honestly admit, Bonnie, the first time I heard him say those words, I was like, we're not going to really say that out loud, are we? Right? We're kids. <laughs> I trying to imagine saying to a client with a straight face, hi, I'm from Deloitte Digital and I'm here to elevate your human experience. <laughs> there you go. But he just kept saying it, and he kept saying it with such personal conviction and with the stories to support it that, you know, and I'm curious kind of Costa and Tim's perspective, that it just started to make sense. Like, oh, yeah, actually, of course we are. Because because we are the world's largest professional services firm, to your point, Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I would much rather live in a world where an organization that's focused on helping organizations do their jobs better and serve their customers better are also trying to elevate their human experience. So I'm just delighted that we get to do this. Uh, well, I am too. I think everybody will be delighted in many ways. Kashif, Tim, you want to chime in on, on what Amelia said? Anybody want to talk about your surprise when Anthony Stefan started saying, yeah, I love what you said, Amelia. Are, you, are we really going to say this in public to people? What are they going to think of us? Any, any comments, Kashif or Tim? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll add to that. I mean, yeah. you know, a, lot, a lot of us, uh, when you first heard that, you know, kind of rolled our eyes and said, mm. okay, you know, that's really, you know, different and not really the business we're in but as you kept on saying it as we you know dissected those words and we kind of really start looking at the, the 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 world we live in it it totally made sense uh you know it's it's really simple in many ways mm-hmm. right um and, but but it's such a different and 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 forward-looking notion and aspiration um and, you know, as you said, you know, we as humans in our daily lives outside of what we do for a living, um, you know, experience that and, and want to change things when we are interacting with, you know, service providers, product providers in our in our own lives. And so the fact that, you know, Anthony and, and the team saw it, uh, you know, this far in advance, uh, you know, kudos to them because it, it totally makes sense and, and now it's it's you know it's something that you know the three of us totally believe in, and a lot of us totally believe in, and our customers and our clients and and people we work with are are believers in it because they all kind of recognize the need uh, of the hour, and and it totally uh, is going to change in in our minds uh, how uh, you know who's really going to be successful in the future and who's not. Those who are going to pay attention to this. Uh, are and I believe those who are not are going to be left behind because today's customers uh, expect a different experience um, and and gone are the days of customers just being uh, and you know accepting of whatever you can give them right um, okay. it's a, it's a different demanding uh, customer base this, uh, today and employees well and, and partners follow them. I up. love when you said the roll your eyes comment. I I can only imagine Tim, you got to chime <laughs> in on this. What do you what do you think? Yeah, yeah, rolling I, your eyes. Talk to me. I, I will chime in. Yeah, I, I think I was probably rolling my eyes or thinking the same thing Amelia was thinking too. But, but coincidentally, during that same time period that Anthony and Amelia and team were, were, were thinking through the vision and setting the vision for the firm, uh, Anthony and I were conducting some research on emotions. And for those that, that know me, me and talking about emotions are exactly don't exactly go together. So we were doing some research on emotions and mm-hmm. their impact on loyalty from a customer perspective. And we found when the research was published, and this is after we had, we had uh, coined the concept Elevate the Human Experience, but what we found was we, we asked customers what their, to describe their relationship with companies. What they talked about was a friendship, and they, they had gave very human-like traits of what their relationship with an with a organization or a company looked like. And we, when we dug a little bit deeper to, to figure out what that meant, it meant really that people were looking for connectedness, and connectedness mm-hmm. is also a very human quality. And, and what got you to connectedness was trust and building trust through meeting some rational needs and almost opening that door to creating an emotional connection. And that emotional connection once again took on human qualities. And so, you know, as, as Anthony was passionate about it from the beginning, once this research came back, it was 
kind of opened my eyes and was like, wow, you're right. Like the vision that you set out is now being backed up by this data and, and the data that Amelia has pulled together. And it, it is real. It's differentiated. And um, I, I think it'll be game changing for organizations that, that think this way. I think so, too. And, and what you're all saying goes back to, Amelia, the quote you picked from Maya Angelou. People will remember how you made them feel because they're people. Amen to that one. Nice opening quote, Amelia. You're you're really hooked onto that. We weren't even sure where we were going to take the conversation, but that was really the key. I want to move on. We have a little bit of time left. And Tim, and thank you all for chiming in on that. I really enjoyed what you said, and thank you for sharing your experience with what Anthony Stefan said. That's I think it's very interesting for our listeners. Uh, Tim, you say in in your you send me a bunch of statements here, and you say companies need to operationalize the concept of human experience. We've talked about the compass. We've talked about measurement. We've talked about uh, what, to, how do you, you figure out the emotions and how do you treat people like humans instead of just numbers, customer counts. And so now we get to a really important word, operationalize. And you say operationalizing the human experience is different than baseline and acting on customer feedback. It's a way of working and enabling employees, partners, and customers to work in a different way and at scale. So why don't you briefly tell us a little bit about this concept of operationalizing without getting in the weeds. Uh, what does it mean to companies? Because that's who we're really addressing in our global audience. So Tim, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets down to the nuts and bolts, right? If we, if we believe in the concept of human experience, we believe that that creates differentiated outcomes. To your point, Bonnie, the question is, well, how do you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, because it can be a, a pretty broad topic, or what do I need to do that I'm doing differently, or why is, why is it different? I think we've talked a little bit about why it's different, but if you think about it um, literally from like the X's and O's, uh, the, the data is different. How you classify a customer is different. They're no longer just a, as Amelia mentioned, a transaction number or a set of demographics. They're also, um, they also have emotions behind them in the context that they provide to you from statements that they share with you. They've, they're the community that they serve, the community that they're in. There are different qualifications or qualifications that support that customer, that employee, or that, or that partner. And so you, as an organization, we need to do a couple of things. We need to, one, talk about it in the same way. So when we're talking about employee experience in finance and we're talking about employee experience, I'm sorry, human experience in finance or human experience in supply chain or human experience in customer service, but it means the same thing there. But we have to kind of build a discipline around what it means and how we talk about it and how we quantify it and how we measure it. And once we've built that discipline, we have to enable our organization with capabilities to act on that. And those capabilities can be anything from technology tools to mm-hmm. gather and then act on it. It's uh, educating people on how their job is going to be different interacting with this type of data. It's training up our workforce so that they understand how to take this data and, and put it into an infrastructure, an application infrastructure to drive AI. Um, so the decisions become human. It's designing experiences differently. So when you operationalize it, it really is changing the way you're working, thinking about how you organize your individuals so that you can actually center around this human experience and drive change and measure change based upon that, that new way of working. Thank you, Tim. I have a question for you before I go around the table and have Amelia and Kashif chime in. Does this change how companies hire? In other words, will the will the posting of a job description be different? We want somebody who knows how to smile. Amelia, there's the changing the arc of a day with a smile. Do we have people who have a warm voice if they're going to be speaking to customers or they're going to be on the front lines in a brick-and-mortar store? Does this change the people for whom a company will be looking when they post their openings on the staff. Uh, Tim, any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think it may change the, the qualifications for an individual based upon the jobs. I think the more organizations open up and listen to their mm-hmm. customers, their employees, and their partners and understand the feedback as it relates to human experience, they can translate that into the qualities that most elicit those experiences. So to Amelia's point, it may be you know, a smile at the front desk of a hotel when you get there may be something that we, you know, we, we, we teach and, and look for people that have those type of personalities. It may be coming through with a smile on the phone. Um, but I think we need to listen to our customers, understand the business that we're in, our employees and our partners, and figure out what are those human traits now need to be attributed to in, in job descriptions and look for those and look for those people that are meeting the standards that we set or aspire to meet those standards that we set out. So I, I think it will. 
Thank you very much. Interesting way of expanding that topic. Amelia Dunlop, let's get you in on this. What do you think about this concept of operationalizing and who will be doing the execution, if you will, performing the human connection that customers are looking for? What's your thought? So my thought is, Bonnie, now that we've had this conversation, I think you're going to um, start hearing the words experience everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that there are a lot of our competitors who think about experience and who advertising kind of covers uh, you know, airports and things and talking about experience. But I think what we try to do is really, as you've heard us say all along, is focus on the human. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes I'll have people come up to me and say, hey, I really love that brand that you've got around elevating the human experience. And I try to remind them it's not a brand. It's not a slogan. It's not an advertising mm-hmm. campaign that's kind of, you know, here today and gone tomorrow. It's, it's only real if we live it. Um, and we talk about this as a team. Like, it's very much an aspiration in terms of, of not yet. Um, and we we have to operationalize it as as Tim was sharing both ourselves and with our clients and with our partners because otherwise it's just words and the words don't really matter that much. Um, we we all know that we judge experiences about how uh, based on how we live them. Mm-hmm. Amelia, what's your thought about changing job descriptions to get people in who understand the emotional impact or the emotional aspect of doing a job quote unquote well in this new era of human experience? What do you think? So I would go further, Bonnie, and say it's not just the job description is changing, but the, the way we define work will change, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is where we're seeing the shift um, from employee experience to workforce experience, and we think a lot about the future of work and how we define what our jobs even are. So I think we'll see um, work shifting and then the requirements uh, for um, how people do those jobs also shifting. Thank you very much. There's hope out there for so many more people to get jobs to do. I like that idea, too. Kashif, join us. Thoughts about operationalizing and or about the workforce experience of the people who will be implementing these human experience, new style of communicating and and connecting with customers. What's your thought? Yeah, to me, uh, you know, it's it's a mindset change right mm-hmm. it's it's a transformation on how you think as an organization and throughout and it's really not just oriented towards those who interact with customers in my mind this transformation really needs to happen across the organization across all functions um, regardless <clears throat> regardless of if you're interacting with a customer or a, or a partner or not um, it's 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 an end to end front office back office middle office uh mind shift and and it's really simple and you know it is basically how you uh you know treat each other as humans um and and if if that simple shift in mindset from what Amelia said changes from counting you know numbers to really uh impacting experience uh, it'll just automatically happen, um, but but it's a it's a mindset shift um, in in my mind, and and I think that's the biggest hurdle that organizations will have to deal with uh, is to trust the fact that if they make this shift, that the numbers will automatically come because you'll see a lot more happier employees. Happier employees will lead to happy customers and partners, and and uh, and and then loyalty will generate the revenue that you're really looking at. So. Um, to me, it's it's kind of uh, a shift uh, of that nature. Thank you. I love your introduction of the word mindset, the concept of a mindset shift. Mindset shift. Thank you, Kasha. Very, very interesting. Uh, Tim, let me just ask you a question. I want the whole panel to get ready. I'm going to give you each 60 seconds for your prediction on what's going to happen with this, let's say, between now and the end of 2020. The, the first year of this, I call it the Roaring Twenties again, okay, or the new decade, some people are saying. I think it's a new decade. So, uh, Tim, just a quick question. Do you think that social media slash digital selling has opened the door for that human experience where companies have to be aware of people, I'll say, bitching and moaning or complaining or grousing about this company did me wrong or they didn't deliver my luggage or they didn't do it on time, and the companies have had for the past couple of years to have somebody on call to read these and respond in a kind way or, well, we'd love to talk to you or we'll give you something free or we'll send you an apology or check your doorstep for flowers with with our sorry about this. Do you think that this has already been introduced through the idea that companies need to pay attention to what real people are saying to them on social, Tim? I think it shined the light on the fact that our customers, employees, and, and partners have 
their human needs and, and we've got a way to express them at, at scale and make them known, which can have a real impact on your business. I think also, if you think about the evolution of, of social, though, it's maybe gone too far in one direction, whether it be positive or negative, where people may have desensitized companies and organizations from the feedback that they're getting because it's become, at times, maybe not real, maybe just geared towards you know, wanting to get something out of it. But, but that all being said, I think the pendulum will probably swing back um, as organizations, to your point, have invested in capabilities to, to react, to respond. The more they respond in an authentic manner, mm-hmm. I think the more authentic responses they'll, they'll get back. So the channel opened up opportunities. It's now uh, up to the organizations to authentically respond to get the value from it. Thank, thank you very much. Tim, you want to use that as your prediction, or do you want to add another prediction? Because I'm ready to do a lightning round real fast around the table. Do you want that to be your prediction on what's coming? Uh, I'll leave that as my prediction as to what's coming, and also just I'll add on the fact that I think that, um, Kasha mentioned earlier on AI, I think we are going to get a fundamentally better grasp on human experience-related data, um, mm-hmm. how you grab it, process it, and how the fact that I think we can leverage it um, in a very personalized yet respectable and private way to create, um, at least create insights into how people want to be treated. We may not go as far to the point of being able to create human-like experiences at scale in the 20s uh, right away this next year, but I think the focus on understanding that data and how to operationalize it's in our grasp and um, the discipline's evolving, so we'll get, we'll get there. Thank you. You mentioned respectable and private. Those are two key words we all are looking for. Uh, Let's go to Amelia. 60 seconds. What's your prediction about what's going to happen with this? Talk to me. So, Bonnie, my prediction for 2020 is that the human experience will become a CEO and C-suite level issue, Mm. largely because we as humans will demand it, Uh, not least because of what you were saying around social media Anything that happens inside the organization from an employee perspective, anything that happens to any customer, um, both of those are the responsibility ultimately of the CEO um, and as a, as a steward of the organization. So they are the stewards of the human experience. Thank you. Very well put. Kasha Frahamatula, 60 seconds. What have you got? What's your prediction? Yeah, I completely agree with Amelia's prediction, but I also want to add that 2020 and beyond this decade uh, is going to be a decade of convergence. And when I say convergence, it's, it's uh, parallel, you know, adjacent industries talking to each other. Uh, they're going to be forced, just like uh, the C-suite is going to be uh, almost forced to, to discuss human experience and what they do for that. They'll be forced to think about how they connect different parts of what these humans need uh, and, and bring out new products and services that today don't exist. Um, so that's kind of my prediction. Thank you. Excellent. Oh, I want to thank the three of you. What a really interesting conversation. I've enjoyed this immensely because of how fluid and flexible the three of you are in terms of your thought processes, and you sent me such wonderful notes for the pre-show prep. So, Amelia Dunlap, Happy New Year to you. Such a pleasure to meet you, and I hope you come back on the Kinetic Enterprise. We'd love to have you back. Kasha Brahmatula, pleasure to reconnect with you. Tim Grulick, nice to meet you, and thank you to the three of you. And also a shout-out to the three people behind the scenes who helped to put this together. Malia Aguilar, such a wonderful co-producer of mine, and Carla Neal Slavin and Helen Thomas, both at Deloitte. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thank you for listening. This has been a really exciting, I told you it was an exciting new podcast series, and now I delivered on my very human promise, The Kinetic Enterprise Built to Evolve, sponsored by Deloitte. Signing off. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to The Kinetic Enterprise, Built to Evolve, presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.